When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Happy Thursday, everybody, as I smack my camera on my desktop. Hi, it's me, Nick Hausman of House of Wrestling. And it's me, Warner Discovery's Robert Karpolis. And we uh, are soon to-, to potentially be Warner Discovery's Robert Karpolis. We are here to talk all the rumor and innuendo of the day, brought to you by ad-free shows and podcasts. He, man, do we have a lot to get into here today. Uh, it has been a wild 24 hours. We, of course, will get into the latest We've heard about WWE and Warner Brothers Discovery. I just put out an exclusive report over at House of Wrestling this morning. If you haven't checked it out, uh, CM Punk backstage at NXT. We didn't get to it yesterday. I heard a little bit about that. We'll talk about that today. Uh, there was a controversial Ilya Dragunov segment on NXT at the tapings they held last night. We'll get into that. And, of course, we'll talk a little dynamite at the end. And if, if we have time after that, we'll get to Billy Corgan and the CW. Hashtag RIPod and jump into the comment section. If you want to say something that gets said on the show here today, we got Mike Milliaro. Here we go. Scumbag Trav. Hit that like button, folks. Uh, get in there. Let's have some fun. Join the comment section. All right. Yesterday, we jumped on. We had Michael Weber on first, and then we talked all about what I had heard about, rumor and innuendo-wise, um, going on with WWE and WBD. So let me do a real quick recap, and I'll tell you about what new information I have this morning. And then Robert who's actually worked for this company and has worked on television uh, negotiations will give a much more informed opinion. So as I relate, as I related, as I relayed yesterday, I had been told on Monday, Triple H, I'm sorry, Paul Triple H Levesque, Nick Khan. Thank you. And Mark Shapiro, the TKO COO met in New York with WBD uh, representatives meeting went well, CM Punk uh, was it was brought up how WBD really likes CM Punk. So he kind of helped open the door, I guess, for this conversation to happen if it wasn't already. Um, and that it just didn't look very good for AEW right now uh, in regard to getting renewed for at least TNT and TBS based off of the interest uh, in bringing um, WWE Raw to TNT or TBS. Now, uh, this morning... The same information I told you all about yesterday uh, that I had reached out to WWE PR about, and I spoke with WWE PR yesterday morning, who told me uh, that this was largely inaccurate information, right? It was not anything wholly put together. Well, I talked to another higher higher up WWE source this morning um, that relayed to me that it's possible that you know, the reason they thought that this was maybe inaccurate information was because of internal travel schedules that were going around the company that would not have placed Levesque, Khan, and Shapiro in New York on um, Monday morning. Possible that the executives are kayfabing those in the company to keep this very, very quiet hush-hush because it is potentially actually happening. Now, that is just speculation. That is a rumor and innuendo. I am working to learn more about that. 
I've also been told in the past 24 hours that it is looking likely that this is going to happen. Maybe we'll see. But if it does go through one way, maybe or another, a possible landing platform for AEW content could be on Discovery. That doesn't mean they'd necessarily be streaming on Discovery Plus. It's possible that they still stream on Max. So Warner Brothers would still get all those AEW fans going to their Max platform while also replacing their wrestling content on TNT with TBS with maybe something they think they could get more return back on their investment for and flip AEW down to Discovery. So a lot of moving pieces here in the last 24 hours since I last spoke with you all and reported what I knew. Robert, what's your pulse on everything here today? A lot of rumor and innuendo. And when you're dealing with TV rights deals, that's always going to be the case until something is announced. It is in the WWE's best interest to keep this intrigue. So when they're saying the report is not wholly accurate, that does not mean that Paul Triple H Levesque or Nick Khan or Mark Shapiro didn't get on a Zoom call or take a conference call no, with, no, with Warner fair. executives. Now, to be fair, it's being said they went to New York and had an in-person meeting. That is the story that has been fed to right. me and others that, based off of what WWE told me, based on internal schedules, would not make sense. So this isn't a Zoom. Which is why I'm saying it's very possible that, yes, they may not have physically been in the building. They could have had talks or they could have had talks at another point in time. Again, when you are having TV rights deals, you talk to all of the players. We look back at the lawsuit that came out against the WWE as the sale of the company or sale merger was going on. They were having conversations supposedly with all of the major media entities, and they need to do what's best on behalf of their shareholders to get the most lucrative deal possible. So, of course, WWE is going to talk to Warner Discovery. They'll talk to USA and NBC Universal. They'll probably, even though it's not going to go anywhere, have or had some conversations with Fox about Raw just for the sake of due diligence and say, we talked to all the big players. That in and of itself is not the bigger part of the story. The bigger part of the story is what this all means for AEW. Warner Discovery could have picked up the phone, said, you know what? We already, we already got grappling on our TV, guys. We're all set. Thanks. It feels like there's conversations, there's interest, and it sounds like there may even be a potential plan for if WWE were to go to TBS or TNT, they're going to take AEW programming and shift it over to Discovery, which is also part of that overarching NBC, NBC Warner Discovery umbrella. It's strange that Discovery would be the landing place for AEW. It feels like when TNA wound up on Destination America at some point in time, wrestling fans will seek out wrestling content wherever it is, but you're really taking a, an established brand and moving it over to a network that is not at all known for wrestling. AEW getting on the Max platform is beneficial for them because there's a number of people who do not watch terrestrial tv they don't have cable the only way that they catch something is streaming so in one way this is a positive for tony khan but in a much larger way this is not signaling a lot of great news for the future of AEW on tnt and tbs well and i want to be clear that like the reason that i'm and, and i'm not saying that for sure they're going to max but there's a whole heck of a lot of indicators i've been given that they're they are deeper into the weeds when it comes to streaming on Max 
um, then getting back onto t- back onto TV. By the way, I'm hearing a little feedback on your end right now, Robert. I don't know what I don't know what that is. Um, I just muted you for a moment. I'll bring you right back. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it's the the deal here with um uh with them. It's not for sure that they're going to max. I've just been given a heck of a lot of indicators that they will can that they will be shifting over to max. I've heard that their PR team is now working with the Warner Sports PR team. Again, haven't got that confirmed. Rumor and innuendo, but the TV rights is the other component. Like I, I, I can see a world because again, there's that rumor and innuendo that Warner Brothers Discovery has some kind of an interest in AEW, some kind of an investment. So it would behoove them to have the show on Max and and bring those AEW subscribers to Max because that's a way for them to get some return on their investment into AEW. But, you know, again, does moving it to discovery? I mean, I don't know what, how that helps them out in that area or does Tony say, fine, you can stream it, but I'm going to go somewhere else and try to get AEW and ring of honor sold off as a package to somebody. It's boggled my mind. And I've said this before, the fact that AEW content is not already on max when it is right now, the streaming wars of 2023 Every piece of available content that can be made available should be made available. Uh, NBC's Peacock is being held up for the most part because it is the home of WWE programming. And AEW exclusively now airs on Warner Discovery channels. Why it's not part of the Max umbrella, why people don't have the ability to pay a subscription service and get access to that AEW library is really baffling. Yeah, and I'm watching, by the way, I was watching Dynamite back on the TBS. You can watch it for free right now on TBS. You can watch the replays the next day on the TBS app on my my Apple TV. So it's not like there already aren't streaming AEW content. But yeah, capitalizing on those AEW fans, trying to squeeze them to get some, uh, to get some subscriber dollars. Uh, I will say, uh, I have reached out to, to Tony Khan for comment all of this. Have not heard anything back from Tony. I have talked to two other W, or not W, two other AEW higher ups in the last 24 hours who were, who had not heard this news. They were very surprised by the news when I pressed them about whether earlier today, about whether or not they had heard anything last night about people talking about this came back empty. Now there's a lot of reasons for people to not be wanting to confirm this information on AEW's end. It is also very odd to me that WWE is being so cautious. I mean, I'm getting a lot of people who are comparing the situation of them pushing back on the story as to when they push back on CM Punk coming back to the company in general. And of course, Punk came back to it. So how much there is to, to believe there. It's just been a lot of phone calls, Robert. It's been a lot of it, but I do believe that there is something going on here. And um, much sooner than later, I have a feeling we're going to find out uh, what is the result of whatever has been happening behind closed doors. I have a feeling those those AEW executives were surprised because their great friends at TBS gave them a five-minute overrun last night. And if you're planning on jettisoning your programming, you're not giving them five quality minutes that was cutting into a modern family rerun. Yeah. Which um, probably draws pretty good eyeballs. So we have uh, I Am Cheese Ball Productions here asking, can AEW and WWE coexist? Well, again, if you look at how this would all shift out, right, they wouldn't necessarily, I mean, they would, they would both have deals with Warner, but they would be different deals. And it sounds like they would be kept apart, right? WWE on the more premier TNT TBS network. Then you have AEW shuffled down to Discovery, which does not have the same kind of distribution as TNT and TBS. 
does not get the same kind of viewership as those channels either. And then WWE stays on Peacock and Hulu, who still has some of the streaming rights for them. But I, the Peacock deal goes for, I believe, at least another two years. And then AEW shuffles to Max. So you, you don't have them necessarily exactly in the same spaces as, as, as much as they would definitely be sharing proximity with one another. You, you do in the sense that, the, especially when Vince McMahon was in charge, he never likes to think that WWE and any other company are competitors. He will say that everything that's on television is competition for WWE, not just WCW or TNA or AEW. Having them both on Warner Discovery in this new Paul Triple H Levesque era will oh, be. You said it. You've never uh, said his name. That I'm way. saying it just to just to upset you. Uh, okay. It's it's Hunter. It's Triple H. It's not totally separate story. But when you're going to advertisers, advertisers are not sophisticated, and when you're trying to tell them we have a wrestling program that's on Warner Discovery, and then you have to differentiate which one is which. That's where it becomes problematic. So I think that from the WWE perspective, they're not going to necessarily want to coexist under the same umbrella as AEW because they don't want that potential market confusion. It also permits, theoretically, AEW programming being advertised during WWE television because mm. it's all under the same Warner umbrella and we want eyeballs. And I know WWE gets mad NBC Universal during Raw will advertise Monday programming on NBC during Raw. They'll say, like, hey, tune into The Voice tonight at 9 as a commercial, and you're already watching Raw. So you don't want to draw people away. When you have any kind of market confusion, that's where it becomes problematic. So I think that's something they will have to work through. I don't know that they may coexist, but again, Nick Khan is an adult. He will find a way to make it work if the dollars are there. Yes, that's the thing. Is it's yeah, all about it's all about the bottom line. It's all about the money that can be made here. And uh, one of the things that uh, has come to my mind when you're talking about this is, well, like, you know, there is. I mean, I don't really know much about the USFL, uh, but I know like the XFL definitely aired on NBC, which is where the uh, the NFL also airs. And so there's like uh, in other industries, and I I know you're gonna say, oh well, but I mean, again, it's like they're both still football products. They're you know they're not both wrestling products, but I it's not unheard of for two entities in the same vertical to share space, you know, on a network or something like that. It is. If it's wrestling, that's kind of the one, the one area where it has the, by the way, the NFL and the USFL are not competition. USFL is more of a minor league football program, a feeder football program. Okay. And I guarantee okay. you, they went to the NFL before to say, Hey, this is what we want to do. NFL is such a lucrative property that they can just say, hey, we don't want to be on you anymore. WWE likes to have complete control of whatever broadcast company is airing them. I don't see them wanting to coexist. I don't see them wanting there to be that market confusion. So I can see them trying to jettison AEW if there is a deal. So here's the other side of this. With, with, the, uh, with Tony going to market here in early 2024, um, with the AEW, possibly AEW ROH content bundled here, however it may look, he if, if the streaming rights are still owned by Warner, let's say that that deal is locked down and the streaming rights have already been decided. We've been making plans for Max. We're moving this over there top of 2024 before the TV rights are done. How does that and, and let's say Tony doesn't want to go to Discovery, right? For whatever reason, right? Maybe they offer him less than he was expecting. Maybe he 
uh, wanted a higher ad revenue split than what they're offering him when, when he moves to Discovery. And he does go take this thing to market and he does go out there. How does it affect negotiations right now in the lay of the land when you're going out there just with the television rights and not bundled with the TV and the streaming rights together? So it depends on who you're talking to. If it's an entity, let's say, like they want to go to Paramount Network and Paramount obviously has Paramount Plus, they're going to want the total package or potentially eventually get the total package. There are a number of cable outlets that would be thrilled to have a weekly television show that does the ratings that Dynamite does. They're, they're drawing about a million viewers that are watching live same day. That's pretty unheard of across the market for any sort of programming. So while to us, you look at it and say, well, Dynamite's not doing the same numbers it was doing before, or Collision is not doing huge numbers, it's still doing better than, I would say, 80% of what's on cable. So there will absolutely be a channel that is willing to get AEW and make it a flagship and look at what TNN did going from you know the national network to Spike, essentially rebranding around USA. You could have a network that potentially rebrands around AEW. Man, yeah. And like you go, you look back at that decision not to talk to CW, take that Ring of Honor deal. Again, I've heard CW really badly wants to like redefine itself as more of a live action network. Man, I think a you know, obviously ROH would have fit very, very perfectly into that model. We will see if all of Tony Khan's gambles pay off here as he is hoping in early 2024. But I do know that there are a lot of frustrated, at least people attached to Ring of Honor, very, very frustrated with where things are going there right now. Obviously, we've heard about other frustrations going on backstage. I, 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 you know, I know they're not the same. They're not apples to apples. But this feels, I've told people, it feels a lot like the Billy Corgan CW situation where they something happened with their product. They get reshuffled to a lower tier and WWE comes in and takes the more prominent spot. And it's not the same, but it kind of feels a little bit the same here. What's going on with with Tony and AEW? It does. And I think the Ring of Honor piece is what's the most surprising because he bought Ring of Honor a long time ago in wrestling timeline. And Ring of Honor was on syndication on Sinclair. You were able to get it. I know down here in South Florida, it was on on Saturday nights. Now, I have no idea where Ring of Honor television is actually able to be viewed outside of Honor Club. I'm not paying for an Honor Club subscription to watch Ring of Honor programming. There's nothing truly compelling to make me do that. And Tony has not done anything to get Ring of Honor on TV. I think the big gap that exists for him in, in programming, which really surprised me, is there's nothing that they have put on on a Saturday or Sunday morning. And you want to try to get a younger audience. You want to try to build the next generation of fans. Having what WWE used to have with, with superstars or mania, I'm sure Turner would have been fine having a Saturday morning show to introduce new fans instead of a lot of the content they've been putting out there. We have just not seen AEW capitalize on their relationship with Warner Discovery to build a better audience. And Ring of Honor is one of those entities that's really paid the price. Yeah, for sure. Well, um, we were talking about NXT, the company that is moving to CW here um, in the uh, beginning or later next year. And um, they, uh, they've they had CM Punk backstage here recently um, at a couple shows. He was back there again uh, on Tuesday. Uh, I can confirm he was there. I, I asked around about this, and I meant to talk about this yesterday. We just had no time about it. 
there's a lot. Of, I saw the Russell Pierce report that like Shawn Michaels wants, or no, I'm not sorry, Shawn Michaels, that CM Punk wants to become like the new Shawn Michaels and take over for Shawn when he wraps up his time as head trainer out there. I said that to somebody in Punk's camp and kind of got a laughing emoji back on it. I don't know how serious that really is, that Punk is desirable of that spot. Um, I will say that from the people I talked to that would know about this, uh, they don't believe that Punk being there is going to be a regular thing, right? I had somebody that told me that they thought he was maybe they're just kind of training a little bit, but also maybe getting some medical tests done, right? I mean, I did get it confirmed that he did sign his contract the morning or afternoon of Survivor Series or whatever it was. So the dude's still only been with the company two weeks. And, you know, you know the process better than I. Do you usually get your physicals done before or after you sign your WWE contract? Well, he has to get those Z-packs in whenever he can. Oh, um, boy. They're super <laughs> effective. I had thought about how awkward that first conversation with a WWE doctor had to be for uh, Phil Brooks. Hmm. Well, uh, Doc Amon isn't there anymore, so I think they're okay. But yeah, typically speaking, when you're signing a performer, there's going to be something in the contract that it's contingent on a, a physical. It could be caveat emptor, it's buyer beware. And even if Punk is broken down and physically couldn't do anything in the ring, him just being there to talk, him being him there, being able to do commentary at the beginning, that in of itself has a significant value of having him on television. Him and NXT even in the little window of time he did doesn't surprise me because part of his problems in AEW were him trying to talk to younger talent to impart his wisdom. It's, Hey, hangman Adam page. Let me, let me talk to you about some things that may improve your game. We saw what happened there. Hey, Jack Perry, let me talk to you a little bit about how you can probably improve your game. We saw what happened there. Him going backstage to TNA for those couple shows. It sounds like he was just there talking to anybody that wants to talk to him, giving feedback. He yeah. is a guy who, not necessarily in a structured day-in, day-out manner, he wants to help the wrestling product. He wants to make the industry better. When he was on Collision, he was trying to work with younger talent, a guy like Ricky Starks, and give him a little bit of, here's my knowledge, here's how I can make you better. Him going into NXT once a semester, once a quarter, whatever it may be, as a guest professor to talk to these guys and just say, Here's stuff that I've learned over the years. It makes a lot of sense. He wants to give back to them because if there's a thriving wrestling business, he personally can continue to cash in for decades to come. Um, like when we're talking about um, the Jack Perry stuff, can we talk real quickly about the end of Dynamite? There was this uh, attack from it's the only the thing we're talking about in Dynamite. There, we're gonna real quickly. There was this mass, the latest mass devil segment where the masked devils show up and they attack hangman Adam page and they power bomb him or double choke slam. I don't remember some kind of double move into the windshield of a car, which is the spot that Jack Perry did on the pre-show to all in that started the whole backstage altercation with CM Punk. Um, at a time when all the when the rumor and innuendo is what it is right now, and, and also at a time when it's not rumor and innuendo, Punk is actually back at WWE and is actually getting very big positive responses right back right now. What are we doing here? Like you said, this is the only thing really buzzy, you know, big coming out of of the show. What what's going on? Why why lean into this? Why do this? I'm waiting for next week for one of the devils to bite someone on the ass and kick their dog to really just hammer home how yep. uh, how obvious. It's stupid. 
there was someone pointed out to me there was not there, I don't think there was a single segment on that show where someone didn't talk about the people in the back and what people in the back think of you. And this feels very WCW towards the end when the only thing that's interesting is what's going on behind the scenes. You had Ricky Stark, Ricky Starks, sorry, talking about what was going on in the back and what people think about in the back. You're getting this little insidery wink, wink with the glass at the end with the devils. I've said it before. This better have the best payoff in the history of wrestling, given that it is kind of the only thing they have going right now on dynamite. Yeah, man. I get, you know, the more I look at it, it does. It is this, it's starting to feel a little bit like maybe the introduction to the bucks camp kind of angle. Right. I mean, I don't know if it's just coincidence, you know, there's a lot of red herrings out there about what could be going on with this mass devil group, but the Jack Perry windshield spot, I looked at it and I was like, damn, is this the bucks and cabana and Cutler and Jack Perry? Are they, cause like everybody thinks they're evil and they ruined the company by running CM Punk out. Is this how they're leaning into it? Everybody thinks we're the, the, the devils we've we're ruining this company. Now they're actually becoming devils. That's where my head floated to. None of these suggestions make me more excited to watch it. Last week, you you thought it was going to be the Undisputed Kingdom. I'm now, this week, boy. it's the Young Bucks and Colt Cabana. They Wrestling reveals rarely pay off. We like the, the intrigue. We like the mystery. And then it's good news. The Aces and Eights have D'Lo Brown. Like it's, you, you don't really get that same kind <laughs> of, oh, my God, moment. And by Punk being on WWE TV it kind of took away the only potential oh my god moment they have and it's funny because you have frozen on the screen behind you the other oh my god moment <laughs> of the episode which was the golden jets promo with kenny and chris jericho and i know there was some talk about the seth Rollins cm punk promo on raw and they said oh this thing didn't have producers and and Brian uh, was quick to point out, uh, and he's like, no, you don't have a producer if there's no physicality. There absolutely was somebody, a writer, working with those guys on bullet points. Whoever was working on this Kenny, Chris Jericho, uh, Big Bill, Ricky Starks segment, um, that man is drinking heavily right now because this looked like, uh, I, I was telling a buddy, it looked like a middle school anti-drug assembly. The <laughs> delivery, all of it. I, I don't know if Kenny forgot that this was on television and he just stopped caring about halfway through this thing. This was really rough to watch. And it's kind of indicative of the fact that AEW at a time where are they going to be around on and TNT and TBS? They're not giving you compelling TV to make you want to see them stick around. And, and I know that this is going to this. I look, I, I know this comes across as not positive AEW commentary at a time when people are like, oh, it's so easy to poop on AEW and like raise up WWE and all that. But we're trying our best to just call balls and strikes here right now. And I, I wholeheartedly agree with Robert. And I hear I do continue to hear about frustrations and angst backstage. A lot of unhappiness about people like not feeling heard. Or feeling like other people are abusing their power backstage, or whatever it may be. There's just a, a, a take a number, different different issue, different day. It's funny when you said that this is starting to feel very much like WCW. In my head, I just saw Andrade walking out, like throwing some coffee on himself. <laughs> yeah, Andrade looked good on on Dynamite. I was surprised at how strong commentary put him over, and they had him beat Brody King 
when we've been talking about he's going to be going to do some stuff in CMLL and there's some rumors that his contract may be up and he may be sure. going over to WWE sure. is now really the time to start putting him on television and make him look good. I don't know. Um, yeah. Yes. I, I do want to point out because we are part of the ad free shows network and synergy while I'm being slightly critical of, of their programming, go back and listen to on uh, grilling JR. They looked at Starcade 89. And the criticism of that pay-per-view was it was two tournaments, one of which was a round-robin tournament where there were no storylines, and it was just really solid wrestling, but nothing for the audience to really grab onto. And hearing Jim be critical of those booking decisions, and then you go watch Dynamite last night where almost every match on the show was part of this tournament with very solid wrestling matches. I think that Swerve Moxley main event was a lot of fun. Yeah, I agree. But it doesn't mean yeah, anything at the end. It becomes good but skippable. It's something where I can go back and watch this on my DVR, catch this match. It's not waking up the next morning if you miss Dynamite and going, oh, man, what did I miss? And you need that appointment TV in 2023. Well, I, I was going to real quickly, I guess I touched on it yesterday. We all know that CM Punk's return match is going to be Dominic Mysterio. But while we have uh, a minute left, it doesn't sound like we're going to have time for Billy Corgan and the CW story. I'm very sorry to Billy and, and CW and the NWA for, for not being able to get to that. Um, but uh, I did want to talk about this controversial angle they did on NXT last night. Uh, it was at the tapings. Uh, last night, they taped an episode that will air next Tuesday. I believe this was all done to give people time off for the holidays. Um, but they did this angle where Ilya Dragunov in a segment uh, was dropped on his head by Ridge Holland and then taken out in a stretcher. Um, this is all based off of social media posts that have been put out there uh, since the taping by fans that were in attendance. Fightful has come out quickly and said this was all an angle, so it doesn't appear Ilya is actually injured. But a lot of people taking umbrage with the fact that they even did this angle considering that Ridge Holland uh, was the one who broke Big E's neck about a year and a half ago, and this man may never wrestle again. Robert, what are your thoughts on the fact that they decided to do this? It's inexcusable and it's stupid. Um, huh. I'm willing to, again, balls and strikes on both sides. I hate this. I hate everything about this. We were critical of the Danielson eye injury angle that they ran on collision yeah. because he's a guy who's been injured a number of times. Here, you're literally taking the guy who took out a former world champion in a moment of, some say, recklessness. It was a, it was an accident. Whatever it was, it was a really ugly, uncomfortable moment. And now you're using it as a storyline. There is no good that comes from doing something like this. It's, it's dumb. I hate it. Well, but the thing, I have to believe the reason they did it is because they think people will actually tune into a taped episode of NXT to see this crazy angle that everybody is talking about. And is that is that carny genius or is that carny bullshit, I guess? It's carny bullshit because you go on Twitter. I saw Rich Holland was trending worldwide. I thought, oh, no, what happened? It's people saying, oh, yeah, this guy is really reckless. They should release him or... I can't believe they're doing this as a storyline. Oh, yeah, that reminds me. Rich Holland was reckless. They should release him. Nothing is good from reminding people of that. I think that Ridge rebounded really nicely from this injury. I think his contribution with the Brawling Brutes, he's gotten better as a performer than he was before. This kind of undoes any of that positive goodwill you've gotten from what he's been doing with Butch and Sheamus. It reminds people of the Big E incident, unless this – I, I hate to like fantasy book in this unless the idea behind this is Ridge is going to be upset about what he did. And he, this is going to bring Big E in to, you know, 
appease him a little bit and have a little talk and be like, these things happen. It's ugly. It's stupid. There's no good way forward. Hopefully, because this is on a tape show, they'll think better of it and just edit it out. No, I get the vibe. This no, is going to be a focus. I haven't got that confirmed. I haven't got that confirmed. I'm working to try to figure out what they're going to do with it. But anyway, we'll see. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of the show. Uh, thank you all so much for tuning in. We'll be back tomorrow. Another half hour of rumor and innuendo to wrap up your week. A fun Friday episode. One thing we love to do on Friday episodes is read some of the great iTunes reviews you guys have left. So if you like the show, you want to support the show, head over to iTunes, subscribe, like, and leave a nice comment. We'll read some of those tomorrow on the show. Of course, we really appreciate when everybody tunes in and watch the show live on X on YouTube. It's on at WWE creative ish. It's on all the ad free shows, X and YouTube channels. Same as uh, house of wrestling. You can go find us on house of wrestling.com as well. We've seen so much uh, increase in support uh, in the since we've launched the show, and it's all really appreciated. And again, if you really want to help us out, you want to let everybody know about the show and support the show, head over to your favorite podcast pa- platform and leave a nice comment. All right, that's all I got for today. All right, well, on behalf of the nice Nick Hausman, I'm Robert Karpolis. Best of luck in your future endeavors.